Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be listening to excerpts from the 2019 Drama Vic Conference, Unity, Exploring Diversity and Inclusion in Drama Education. I can take no credit for the amazing words you are going to be listening to over these next few episodes. They all come live from the Drama Vic Conference, 5th and 6th of December 2019. So without any further ado, I bring you an excerpt from the 2019 Drama Victoria Conference. Day 2, Session 6, Presentation and Research Papers. Patrizia Ferrara, Cultural Diversity and Drama Education. Okay, well, thank you for coming to the last session. It's a big ask, but I'd like to start off by acknowledging the traditional owners, and I extend that welcome to all cultures. My paper is on complementing the actual conference theme of unity, exploring diversity and inclusion in drama education. And um, it really complements my research that I just completed my master's in education at the University of Melbourne I'm at the beginning of the year so it's um, current research and um, my thesis topic was cultural diversity in drama education within an Australian context and it's really resonating with what people um, have been saying uh, in keynotes uh, in also workshops that I've been attending um, with the traditional stories of Australia, the Indigenous stories. So it's um, inclusive of that as well as also going broader um, with cultural diversity in Australia. That's the website that my thesis is at and, um, and I'll upload that onto the Drama Victoria app as well. My central research question was, how can a unit of work on cultural diversity enhance understandings and awareness of drama students from culturally diverse backgrounds in a junior secondary drama class? Um, And I created that unit of work myself. My aims were to understand experiences of culturally diverse students in drama and to examine the unit of work that I created entitled Cultural Diversity in Drama developed and taught by me as a drama teacher from a pluralistic cultural background. Um, I've been teaching for over 20 years and most of the schools that I've been teaching at have been populations where the students have been culturally diverse, um, of all different cultures and, and also wanting to place myself as a drama teacher from a hybrid cultural background into that research. So my motivations and interests in this study um, were from a personal perspective. Um, My background um, is that I was born in Australia with parents. Uh, My mother migrated from Port Said in Egypt and my father from Messina, Italy. My grandmother from Cyprus, grandfather from Italy. So born in Australia, um, growing up, I confronted various experiences and um, that I struggled with that um, also that 
I was happy with, but I didn't know how to cope with. So it was that whole cultural identity of moving forward in a personal way. So those motivations and interests for my study were personal, artistic. My um, I trained as an actor before becoming a drama teacher and placing myself as a secondary teacher and also having um, taken that to study in postgraduate studies and learning about qualitative methodologies and how to go about that. So there's always a reason behind something and everything. So the why is because um, Australia is one of the most culturally diverse societies in the world and the literature and the reality backs that up. Young people are the most culturally diverse group in Australia. And I found that really interesting, walking into classrooms every day, seeing young people, hearing their stories, and sensing that also what I went through, that personal journey of wanting to share their experiences. Um, Australian drama educators work in heterogeneous schools. The connections between cultural diversity and education, and we've been hearing quite a bit about that. Um, and research is showing through UNESCO documents, through even our own local documents in different different fields, not only in drama education but beyond in the humanities, is um, making those connections. Um, multicultural societies are exhibiting complex forms of diversity. There's also that questioning, that understanding, that wanting to have that dialogue, and Drama can be used as a tool for discussion, exploration and reflection about diversity. And we saw that in that performance in the keynote, um, just that what just happened. And, um, and Sharon Grady speaks a lot about that. And her book, um, nearly 20 years ago, um, speaks a lot about that. The key concepts that I used in my research were cultural diversity and drama education. And for me, I grappled with finding a definition and understanding and it's a very fluid term. Some people find it a very concrete term and it's a very open-ended term but I found a, um, this definition worked for me. Cultural diversity is the common heritage of humanity. Culture takes diverse forms across time and space. This diversity is embodied in the uniqueness and plurality of the identities of the groups and societies making up humankind. And that's from a UNESCO document. Drama education, there could be multiple terms for that as well, but I found the Drama Makes Meaning document from the Drama Australia um, organisation helped me with that. So the drama is an art form accessible to young people. In education, it is a mode of learning that challenges and supports students to make meaning of their world and enables them to express and communicate ideas in the art form. Uh, the examples that I used in my thesis, my research, I um, had a literature review and I used multiple forms of um, journals from not only from drama education, organisations and, and journals, but also within interculturalism. And it, became really complex and difficult because when you're dealing with cultural diversity there are overlaps into looking at you know you've really got to search very open-ended into other terms and there was um, 
journals that um, focused on interculturalism as well. Books, um, my research was supported by books and drama and diversity, Sharon Grady's, um, Australian-based books and also international books really helped and related studies that um, other people were doing. Uh, what was important and was fantastic today hearing about the new policy document that was launched with the in ways that drama teachers can incorporate Indigenous works and materials and culture into their own classrooms. And, and I think as dry as they are, policy documents and guidelines can be very beneficial in supporting our work, supporting our questioning. So Drama Australia, I wrote the 2005 Drama Australia Cultural and Linguistic Diversity document and that was updated um, some years ago. But I think they can support our work as well. The research methodology that I took upon was qualitative because it was about observation, words, listening, hearing and feeding that back into my research. I took on um, Donald Shon's uh, approach reflective practitioner study and he looks at placing the researcher into the research and the researcher being able to reflect on their own work and I found that really empowering for myself, bringing my own culture and my own positive and negative stories into my own research. I collected data and then I analysed it. The research site was a very small independent school. Uh, that's a pseudonym, pseudonym I used called Corner Culture, Corner College, and um, so that's where I taught and um, I, I, uh, I taught and developed the unit of work. Um, it was a class, it was quite an unusual setup because it was a composite year seven and eight class. Being such a small independent school, the year seven and eight composite class, that didn't affect the research, but there was three female and 16 male. The ethnic diversity of the class was 50% um, European, 25% Asian and 25% Anglo-Australians. No student identified as being Indigenous and the regular drama teacher was only a participant in the study. The reflective practitioner at the research site was me and, um, and I fed that into my research with my own personal reflective practitioner journal. Some of the examples of that, the activities, I didn't have a set handout, it wasn't a very prescriptive unit of work, it was very open-ended. Um, with materials, poster paper, markers. There weren't any set handouts saying this is what cultural diversity is. So I wanted the students to generate their own meanings and understandings. There were, um, I used story drama. I used two stories, The Little Refugee and A Safe Place to Live, as the pretext for producing work and for discussion. Some of the comments after reading the story, A Safe Place to Live, some students, they really engaged in the stories and it built up literacy skills as well and questioning, engaging, and that's where the topic of cultural diversity, multiculturalism, refugees, the, the discussion started after the stories. But I just didn't want it to have it 
just about the stories. So I opened it up also with a brainstorming session and put it to them, what is the meaning of cultural diversity? And so we got very rich brainstorming sessions and um, in support of also the visual arts and arts, and that came out as well, drawings. And I didn't ask for that, but that's what came out of the uh, research. That was very interesting, as well as a brainstorm of words. So I found that really quite engaging and it complemented every individual in the room. The findings um, were interesting and and quite provocative that the drama students identified and discussed their own diverse ethnic identities uh, through an educational drama unit trust between the reflective practitioner and the drama students was developed in the drama classroom. Embodied learning, actually writing on poster paper, drawing that embodied learning, uh, doing the drama activities enabled the drama students to generate and express their own contemporary meanings and understandings of themselves and of Australia. And stories about refugees can effectively engage drama students to understand and enact people from diverse cultural backgrounds. And Simmons and Ewing, um, two drama educationalists, refer to the fact that stepping in another person's shoes, that whole stepping into another person's shoes and performing their story is quite effective. Uh, the recommendations that were that came out of my study were that there was further investigation to be had um, and I'm hearing that across workshops and documents that are coming um, to the surface and, um, and very much so with Indigenous stories. Um, the recommendation also was because it was a small-scale project it'd be great to take that further into other different schools and there were limitations being um, the fact that it was a small school and the fact that I was doing it it could be that another drama teacher is carrying out that unit of work and that um, that it was about my hybrid cultural identity and myself, so what would it be like for somebody else? And thank you. I'm happy to take any questions. The thesis is on that website that I referred to, and or you can Google my name and cultural diversity in drama education. So it's on a database called Maneva through the University of Melbourne. How willing were the students to share personal information? The, that particular school, they were quite reserved and, um, and it's, it's not an easy task to put a poster paper out and say let's brainstorm cultural diversity. As much as it excited me, um, and I wanted to talk about it. Some were very excited, so you're managing some students that are engaged, some that aren't, but the whole notion of questioning and bring it out to the surface, I think you have to be prepared for that individual reaction and because it's it, there are sensitivities and there's also can be the, the stereotypes, the sensitivities, and you have to manage that. and. Um, being an experienced drama teacher, 
I felt comfortable. Not a very experienced drama teacher might find that a bit confronting and going through that journey could be a bit difficult. But I think in saying that, if you're well versed and you've got documents to support you and these policies that are coming out, as we heard today, and I know it's a wave of a document, but I think these are really going to help us move forward. Because if we stay a bit stagnant and we're here, and, and, and there's such beauty and diversity in these narratives in students, and it's all very well giving somebody a script, but also saying, you know, bringing out to the surface the narratives is really exciting, but how you do that is, is it is difficult. Can you talk a little bit about the school itself? How supportive was the school in doing something like this? Or is this already a, a, a school policy that the students needed to learn about cultural diversity? Because I think it changes mm. contextually. Yeah, some schools seem to have really strong cultures yeah. in that, and uh, and others, yeah, you'd feel like almost like yeah, you were going out on your own. And the fact that you're not, you're a mixed teacher. Uh, uh, sorry, let me phrase that correctly. The fact that you're you 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 come from different cultures already sets a precedence that you know the students are probably more comfortable talking about differences and similarities. Mm. Well, if the, the school research that I went to had a white principal and 90% black kids. Mm. So the, the power dynamics was very different. And the, the form teacher was a Vietnamese teacher who spoke like a typical Australian. So, you know, so there was a lot of unspoken power in the way education was being done. Mm. I wasn't a drama teacher at this particular school. I, I requested to I have think. my research so, but they were very, it was an alternative setting, so they were I very think. open to, yeah. they were very very open to sustainability, cultural diversity, they were very open to that research and said absolutely come and research, have a term here, run your unit of work. Um, I know some schools that I've taught at um, are quite antiquated, like with the, the, they don't have policies, and um, so I think um, so. That school was very open. That yeah. school was very open yeah. to the idea, and and very willing to have somebody research at their school and run a unit of work on cultural diversity. Um, and I've been to other schools where you start mentioning multiculturalism and wanting to get narratives out of students, they're saying, oh, no, no, don't. Best just to stick to a theatre style. So there's, there's, there are rich stories that I think we need to tap into with the young people, and, but there's complexity in that, and, but that's, that's an interesting dilemma to be in, I think, and, and done, done in a very respectful way, it can be it can be explored. Did you negotiate parameters for students with them or did you set clear boundaries about yeah, things where you start to veer into stereotypes or where, where the edges were and the limitations were on language and that kind of a thing? Like how did you... Yeah, I had, I had um, Sharon Grady's book, Drama and Diversity, um, 
I was very influenced by her work and Johnny Saldana. Um, in the United States, they, the, the theatre practitioners, you know, it's there are some here in Australia that I was influenced by, but mainly they've done quite a bit of work in the United Kingdom, United States, and um, so I was very influenced by those books. And those books are about twenty years old; they're not new books. But um, but yet there's talk about stereotypes, about dealing with racism. And it's, I think it's in a different climate, and that's why I set it in an Australian context, because we're seeing a very, um, uh, and research is showing with statistics that young people are becoming more and more diverse in our classrooms. So to ignore that, and not, especially as drama educators, there's, there's great material to be had in that. So I found it, but there, there are, I think, in support of the Drama Australia policies and the Indigenous policies, that that cushions it a bit, I think, with with um, being a bit vulnerable to stereotypes. Can you go back to the findings? I'm just curious about how, how did you measure change or, you know, how do you, yeah. Just before you do that, what was the end result, unless you really said it? Did the findings? No, it was um, the unit of work. So the qualitative research, the, how I went about it was through observation, yeah. through interviews. Yeah. So I haven't got, but it's a broad title, qualitative research, but it was um, done by journals, observation. Yeah. Um, they did performances along the way, so it was processed drama. Yeah. Um, there was some work handed in, but it wasn't assessed. Yeah. So qualitative research really relies on um, and reflective practitioner teacher observation, collecting data. I had an audio um, audio recorder, but mm -hmm. I didn't record it through video. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so it was collecting all that data. Yeah. And then for me, I analysed it and I came up with the writing of my thesis. Yeah. yeah. Could you um, describe and elaborate a bit on some of the um, activities and things you engaged what you found um, sort of had strong impact on them or were there any moments that you really um, that stood out to you through the unit? The prescriptive, like reading the text of the storybooks was good. That worked, that worked out well, you know. Let's all sit around in a circle and I grabbed a piece of paper, the little refugee, I gave a photocopied piece of paper and page one read, page two. That, that worked really well, but what I thought worked really well was the the blank canvas of the brainstorming and the and as you could see the illustrations and um, standing back and the young people coming up with their own definitions I found really empowering and reading the words a lot of spelling mistakes but there were, there were some amazing quotes in there the hand illustrations and that was a short that was one term if you took that over, and I think it's almost compulsory I'm finding with that um, cross-curricular stranger of interculturalism that, that's, as they were saying before, it seems to be mandated, that could be a way of going into that. So you read A Safe Place to Live? Yes. And then you did, they did a brainstorm about what they thought 
Uh, no, a safe place to live, and then they we did fr freeze frames out of that. We did freeze frames. The brainstorming was a session in itself. The unit of work is at the back of the thesis. Okay. So if you get onto the thesis, it would, um, it's 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 an appendix yeah. that I attached. Yeah. So would they have to research in order to then make content, or were they elaborating on? things from text or yeah how do, how do you uh, having done a little bit on Australia and refugees I found it very challenging to keep the kids in the realms of reality mm. because of where they would extrapolate themselves based on mm. Mm. yeah just other ideas they had um, was it something that they did go away and research no it was um that the the, the stories set the tone so that was very Prescriptive, and they, we didn't go beyond that. We, we brainstormed what is a refugee, um, but it was very much part of that, the storybooks, yeah. and getting freeze frames out of the storybooks. The brainstorming was more fluid and open-ended, um, but because it was a brainstorming session, it was almost like walking away from it, it worked really well, because it wasn't, here's a handout on what cultural diversity means from the immigration department. It was almost, and I think they, they felt as young people that empowerment um, and understanding and there were sometimes far-fetched thoughts, but they soon toned down. And it was quite an amazing activity, putting that blank canvas and that brainstorming, the good old brainstorming session. Yes. Have you ever investigated that how many students, their families or relatives have the history of refugee or the similar history of experience? No, no, but I, I think that this unit of work, that's the recommendations, would be fascinating to go into other schools and take this unit of work and bring that alive with more stories, personal narratives. I think personal narratives would be... Um, would be fascinating the engagement. Once again, there's sensitivities, and I think we're hearing about that in the Indigenous studies as well. And bringing how do we how do we respect as non-Indigenous and, and transfer that in, in using stories and paintings and doing it in a respectful way. I think it applies the same with refugees and migrants and multiculturalism in, in Australia. I think it's quite universal. If there's a lot of beauty and narratives, but doing it in a respectful way. And it's very open-ended. It's very open-ended and fluid. It's almost like we're, we're starting it because of the statistics, you know, and because of the reality of our classrooms being so diverse. But I'll, I'll leave it there because we're... But thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. That is all from us at The Aside. We have a load of episodes in the bank, so feel free to look through those and find one that piques your interest. If you would like to ask us a question or you have a request for a future episode, do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course... 
thank you for listening. Thank you.